Go Ask Alice is a show intended for adult audiences because adults want to learn too. Sometimes we cover sensitive material, so please take care of yourselves and listener discretion is advised. Now on to the show. Hello, internet friends, and welcome to another episode of Go Ask Alice, the show where we jump down random internet rabbit holes and bring you the most wonderful factoids from our adventures in Wiki Wonderland. I'm Sarah, and I have, I want to believe, Agent Mulder poster in my office in a legitimate astrophysics building. (laughs) And with me is... I'm Lindsay, and I'm still allergic to celery. What? I didn't know that. (laughs) I hate celery. Yeah, it's not great. Tastes like dish soap. And acid. I'm Jean, and I don't know what I'm doing with my life. (laughs) Don't worry. (laughs) This is the show where we jump down random internet rabbit holes. We all start on the same wiki page every week, and we wander around the article using hyperlinks until we stray far and wide across the great, vast internet of knowledge. We find something that we cannot stop reading and then we learn all about it and share it with each other and with all of you. This week we started on gas. You know it. You love it. Gas. You make it. You make it. <laughs> Did yeah. we start on different pages for gas? Because I started on gas as in like the gas, like big oil, big gas. I started oh. on like the phase of matter. I think that's what I started on. But I wasn't there for long. Oh. I was just like, who cares? Gas is dumb. Fair enough. Yeah, I definitely moved away very quickly. Yeah. <clears throat> Where, Where did, did everyone you end-, end up? I ended up on soup. Oh my god. I love that you you went from like a fundamental like is it solid gas or liquid to is it bread soup or sandwich? Have you seen oh pizza pizza sandwich soup? Have you seen the <laughs> argument that all foods can be sorted into like salad soup or sandwich? That's it. Salad <laughs> soup or sandwich. For a second you sounded like a totally crazy person. I was like, what is, what is <laughs> happening right now? What Sarah's saying is that you ended up in another state of matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, went, I went from gas to liquid. Absolutely. A culinary state of matter. All right. Well, mine is not that different, but also extremely different. I landed on the yogurt connection. What oh. is that? Okay. I like You'll yogurt. You'll have to find out. Oh! Your spoiler okay. makes a little bit more sense now, I guess. And I landed on something called, now quotation marks, a grotesque old woman. <laughs> oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I can't wait for that one. <laughs> Before we before we dive in, we've got to do question of the week. Oh my gosh! I and this week's question is: What is another name? I might phrase it a bit incorrectly, but yeah, what is another name that you really like? That's not your name. Is that not how is that's... it phrased, Lindsay? Mm-mm. No, the the question is. <laughs> I thought that was it because my answer was Lucy. <laughs> The question this week is, what is a common name near you that you actually kind of like? Oh, oh, like common as in like where you live? Yeah, what did you think I I meant? I misunderstood the assignment. I just thought another name that you would be happy being called. Oh, that would be cool too as a question. No, it's like, what's like a name that's like very popular that you're not sick of? I like Rebecca's. That's a popular name, but I'm not sick of it. That's a great answer. I'm like... The Rihannas were, or Rhiannons in Australia, where there was a lot of them in my grade, so I was a bit sick of that. Really? 
Yeah, that was quite popular. I, I blame Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, and I'm all, all, also a Fleetwood Mac name baby, <laughs> so we're the, we're the problem. It's us. Hi. <laughs> Fleetwood Mac was fundamental in Australia, it seems. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you guys, what are common names that you are not sick of? I love the um, name Brooke. Oh, yeah, Brooke's oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, since since Sarah did one she hates, why don't you do the one as well? Yeah. Oh, Ashley. Oh, straight to the Ashley's point. Ashley's not super common here. What? No, no one I know is named. Oh. There was an ex-girlfriend of my brother named Ashley, but I believe that is one of the only Ashleys I've ever encountered. Yeah. At least in my circle of, of beings. I'm not a big fan of Ashleys either. Sorry to all... Uh, by the way, I, we apologize if your names are listed. <laughs> as, uh, Wait, you know what? Yeah, we just were, were like, how about we take really common names that apply to a lot of people and just insult as many people as possible <laughs> by saying we hate them? Well, I don't hate Ashley. No. It just so happens that every Ashley I've ever met has been a bully. But here's the huge... Well, yeah, that's how it always is. But the huge, huge, huge but is that people who have Ashley as their middle name and use it as their first name are extremely nice. I know two Ashleys who I fucking love and Ashley is not their real name. Hmm. That's a paradox of the universe for sure. It all holds up. What are your answers, Jean? Um, I love a Sam, whether it's a Samuel or a Samantha. Love it. Aww. Yeah, Sams are always good. Good value so good. people. They are. And then um, there's a lot of children named Giannas right now in New Jersey. Gianna. <laughs> Hate it. Hate I don't it. think I've ever heard that in Australia. Gianna's Ooh. very Italian. It's very Italian. No offense to Italian <laughs> names, but ooh, the Giannas I know, and they're all children. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> we also had a few listener submissions. So on Twitter, Dad Revenue says Sebastian. Good I name. I like Sebastian. That's a good that name. That is also not It does make me think of the crab, though. Here. Yeah. I also think I'm of crabs. <laughs> Uh, Cake Mastermind, who is our new patron, by the way. Can we just take a second? Thank you so much, Cake Mastermind. Drew normally gives smoochies to all of our new patrons, but because I am a lady, I'm going to give you a firm handshake. <laughs> firm and assertive. Thanks, Cake Mastermind, for your patronage. Thank you, Cake Master. <laughs> what did Cake Mastermind say for, for their name? Their answer was they gave a boy's name and a girl's name. They gave Jennifer and Alexander. Oh, oh I, I love, I love and Alex. Yeah. <laughs> All around, everyone agrees. <laughs> Geist. Everyone agrees. Our BFF ever, Geist, says Jack because it makes them think of sturdy people like lumberjacks. I loved that answer. Yeah, oh, totally. Oh, yeah. Actually, I've never met a bad Jack. Jack's Jack's great. Yeah, always Same. so chummy. Yeah. And Moth gives Emily. And, yeah. Emily's are also very nice. Yeah, I don't, I don't have issues with Emily's. Good choices, everyone. If you want to answer our question of the week and also be on the podcast, you can find us at Go Ask Alice Pod on Twitter and Go Ask Alice Podcast on Instagram or just Sarah Web Science. You could just write things in the comments to Sarah completely. You can. <laughs> like... 
<laughs> Unless it's on Unless Instagram. It's but I'll sprinkle in the weird history facts as well, because we've got a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> or you can find us on Discord. We have a question of the week channel where you can argue your answers, justify them, or write really long and exciting epic stories about that time you were drunk and lost in Bulgaria or wherever Swashplate was. Yeah, that sounds right. (laughs) Alrighty. Where should we dive in? It's hard because... I was going to say, all I can say is I have soup. So wherever you want to throw that in. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like mine's like food, but not food. And if Sarah's is... Like, why don't we do like Sarah me Jean? Does that make sense? Like I could be a bridge between food and not food. Or do Jean me Sarah? I'm I'm happy to do food, not food, bridging. Let's do Sarah Mijian. Yeah. Alrighty. So we'll start grotesque and talk about food later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Palate cleanser, and then we'll we'll all leave off hungry. <laughs> Work up an appetite. Okay. So I landed on in quotation marks a grotesque old woman. Uh, Before I send anything into the business, or before I give you any information, I want to know what on earth do you think my topic is, or what I'm talking about? What do you think it is? Oh, I might, I might, I might know. Jean knows. Okay. Do I know? Is it, is it a drawing? It is a painting. What? How did you get that? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, uh, okay, so I might be wrong then, because I'm thinking of a straight up like line drawing. Not a painting. Um, no. Okay, so the, there is a line drawing that's very similar, which I'll get to, by Leonardo da Vinci. Okay, I, I might be but wrong. But this is a painting. Yeah, this is a painting by an artist in the Netherlands. And again, this was around the similar time as Leonardo da Vinci because they did correspond in their lifetimes. Um, but this was 1533, so we're going back a few hundred years, quite a few hundred years. And it was by an artist called um, Quinton Matisse. Mateus, and he was really famous for his uh, style of paintings in oil on different oak panels, and he developed some techniques. And I'm not going to go into like the history of him, but I wanted to go into the history of this painting Mm because I think it's really cool. Okay. So it's called, yeah, so it's called A Grotesque Old Woman. And I'm going to pop a painting, uh, the picture of it, into the Discord now. And I would like just like a a one sentence explainer of what what you see i want to hear from our resident expert gene resident fine arts expert (laughs) i did this to myself hoisted by your own petard i was actually thinking it was you know that psychology painting where you look at it and it's like you either see a beautiful woman depending on how your brain processes the picture or you see like the face of the oh my god (laughs) 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 that's not a woman that's a gremlin Look at her boobies. <laughs> that a woman? Those don't even look like boobs. Those look like really angry pecs. <laughs> they do look a bit peckish, a bit muscly. Okay, um, I'm going to do my best attempt. One, one sentence explainer of this poor lady. Oh my god, one sentence. A horribly wrinkly old man with boobs, wrinkly boobs, wearing funny hats. <laughs> Okay. That's my one sentence. I can't. It is very more masculine looking, very like very strong bone structure around the face. Lindsay, do you have anything you want to add? This looks like if you brought a gargoyle to life 
and challenged it to try to balance two different oven mitts on its head at the same time (laughs) while trying to drape it with a sheet. (laughs) Alrighty. Wait, you know, to to be fair, I say man because that is straight up male pattern baldness right there. You can't argue that. You can't argue that. We'll get to what's happening, but for now I'm going to... Um, I'm going to use pronouns she, her yes. for for her because she has been designated as a woman. Okay. And I'll get into why I will get into why I think it could be based more on fact than a fictional character. Okay. Or like someone's imagination in a little bit. Um, but this is her. This is also known as uh, the Ugly Duchess. What's amazing is for a very long time and even still, she's considered as one of the first like satirical portraits paintings from from 500 years ago which when i look at it i definitely see resemblances to like you know mad magazine drawing or political Mm -hmm. satire commentary drawing so this is similar okay 500 years old yeah yeah i literally can't stop staring (laughs) jean is fixated by her very strong looking boobies i was able to click away very easily just trying to understand let me help you a little bit. So she is an oil painting on oak panel and it's a pretty detailed, pretty beautiful painting. Like if you look at the artistry behind the actual painting and it shows in general, this kind of grotesque woman looking feature, like a woman that's not classic beauty standards. And so she has wrinkled skin, you know, weathered, weathered breasts. She's kind of like in a juxtaposition because she doesn't look like she fits the clothing she's wearing. So as Lindsay tried to describe, it looks like she's got oven mitts and like a sheet on her head. That is a very special type of headdress called an S an S coffin, uh, and it's like a horned headdress that was popular of uh, about late fourteen hundreds to very early fifteen hundreds. Uh, and it was it was the fashion of the time as the painting, but fashion was changing so quickly back then that by the time the painting was finished, she was already out of style. Oh my god! Which I thought was pretty amazing. It'd be like if and somebody I don't know if that was on purpose. Oh, I was gonna say that'd be like if someone painted you right now in like your jazzercise clothes or a pantsuit. Yeah, and then in a hundred years we're wearing. God knows what, like astronaut suits everyone. Well, not even. I mean, it's like, you know, you said it's changing quickly. So I'm just trying to imagine somebody wearing like 80s clothes, although 80s are coming back now. But 80s are coming back. Yeah, it's like kind of like it wasn't a fad fashion, but it was a quickly evolving fashions. Mm. And so some more details about her is that in her right hand, she's holding a little red flower that hasn't kind of bloomed properly yet. And so this has been described as kind of, it's a blood, uh, sorry, it's a bud, a flower bud um, that will likely never blossom. And the symbolism behind it in her right hand is that it could be a symbol of her engagement or her indicating that she is ready to be wed. And so this is the artist, this is one of his best known works of art. And there's some speculation that it could have been influenced by uh, this essay called The Praise of Folly, which kind of satires women who still play uh, the croquette. So so this kind of satires women who, you know, maybe acting a little bit too young for their age, who are like wearing things that are maybe a little bit more inappropriate, you know, playing games that young ladies would play. And in the actual... Um, essay this praise of folly there's a line in it that says uh, of these women who do not hesitate to exhibit their repulsive withered breasts which 
is harsh, but uh, again, hundred. 500 years ago, we had some different beauty standards. He, he did a really good job capturing those. <laughs> he did. They are very well captured. Like, uh, okay. Gene's still looking. Gene, they're looking back. <laughs> so, Gene, I'm going to get you to bring your eyes up just a little bit yes. to her face because <clears throat> we're going to talk about that now. Her eyes are up here, Gene. <laughs> Her eyes are up here. I swear I'm not Her eyes like really this. are. They really are up there. Like she's got very high set eyes, very long mouth, and we see that she's kind of got like this loose jaw skin or loose skin hanging around her jaw. She's kind of weathered and wrinkled. And we don't see much of her hair. So we can't really tell her age based on like if she was graying or not because we can't really see her hair because it's hidden by that weird headdress crown type of thing. And so what is really interesting is that she's kind of fitted into this, like these beauty standards of what youthful women should have looked like back in the day. Um, but obviously, she doesn't really, she doesn't really fit that. But she appears to be a lady of worth or money because she has quite an expensive-looking gold brooch on top of her hat. She's wearing like that. Her hat is really intricate and looks like it's been like finely embroidered with artistry so she's not just some crazy lady off the street she's a lady of substance but people think the satire comes behind the fact that when people look at her with these quote-unquote ugly features and kind of advanced aged and the fact she kind of looks like she's ready to wed but she's past the marriage age all of that sort of stuff is the satire Mm. it's kind of like this you wouldn't give her a second thought which is really harsh yeah like you dressed up this ugly thing yeah this would be a great gertrude yeah she would be a good gertrude that's for you geist i'm pretty sure it was geist who put that name in my head because the discord (laughs) chat became what are old people names that you give to babies or something like that (laughs) i love gertrude i think that's excellent this is a gertrude gertrude we'll lovingly call her gertrude we could have gotten her all wrong because So this painting's been around for hundreds of years. By the late 1800s, people started to look at this painting and see similarities between a disease that people were experiencing. Oh, shit. And they're like, oh, my goodness, is she a representation of someone who suffered from from this disease? So... In 1887, Sir James Paget observed this medical disorder where the bones become inflamed and malformed. And now in 21st century science, we know that there's like structural problems around the bones, which can cause them to like grow rapidly or not grow at all. And there's a couple of different forms of it, but her facial shape and her facial features are quite similar to what people with Paget's disease um, look like. And I'm going to put a picture now. Sarah, oh my god, you totally trapped us. You were like, tell everybody how ugly this is. And then you're like, guess what? You're a horrible person. Here's a real disease. (laughs) You should feel horrible. Sarah's going to go to the apology corner. I don't even see the second picture yet, and I already feel horrible. I know, me too. I'm like, I don't even want to see this. I don't want to see a real person who looks like what I just made fun of. This This was a total setup. (laughs) <laughs> look at her maniacally cackling so maniacal, because the whole time i'm like i think she looks really sweet like i was trying to give you guys the benefit of the doubt of the cute little just cute little old lady um but did it you definitely... really think i was gonna be like that looks like a cute old person <laughs> i thought she looked really interesting i thought she'd look like 
um, people I had seen before. And so I went in saying, I reckon she's representing a disease because I had seen You know what it is? You know what it is? Let's put the blame where it belongs. Jean and I are ugly people on the inside. (laughs) I thought you were just going to say Jean. Ugly people. (laughs) Just let's put the blame where it belongs. Jean. (laughs) I was like, Hundreds and hundreds of people. For hundreds and hundreds of years, assume the same thing. I mean, that doesn't that make she was it just right. made, oh. made grotesque quotation mark. So I've put in a couple of photos now into the business. Oh wow! These just look like that normal second old people. One. I mean, the first one's pretty normal looking for old, but that second one is like, what is happening? That looks like the second one. Just for all of our listeners, the second one kind of actually looks like what happens if you have inflamed. Um, lymph nodes like it's just like you know your jowls kind of become you know more rectangular yeah i was gonna say mainly bone the second one looks like me a couple of days post rhinoplasty okay where my <laughs> face swe- swelled up and all went down to my cheeks these people look very normal to me but i can i can see the resemblance to the the painting I've just uploaded to the drive this other, it's a sketch. So it is like pencil on parchment type sketch. Um, and is this the one you were thinking of, Jean? It is not, no. Oh, okay. So this is by Leonardo da Vinci and it looks remarkably similar. I was going to say, that's her. It is, it is so similar. It's not even funny. But the interesting thing is that they have records that these two painters discussed they lived in the same period and they can't figure out which one came first the sketch or the painting or if it was kind of maybe a collaboration or a discussion of ideas which i think is really interesting so both of these things look incredibly similar and both by very different types of artists yeah like as i i feel like if i was an artist i would look at that person if this came from a real person and think like that would be so interesting to capture there are so many wrinkles the expression is unlike anything i've ever had to capture because all of the facial bones don't do what you expect them to do like it seems like a very interesting challenge yeah which i think is really cool and i thought i'd wrap up on though because so it's a really famous painting um, and it's been admired again hundreds of years but what's really cool is it might have contributed to some imagery for Alice in Wonderland which matches perfectly because we're go ask Alice we're jumping down internet rabbit holes so has anyone ever seen the character of the Duchess in Alice in Wonderland in some of the original sketches maybe so it looks really similar. She has the same type of headdress. She has very similar bone features and eyes. And people think that maybe the... So Carol describes, so the author, Lewis Carroll, described the character as, Alice did not much like keeping so close to her. First, because the Duchess was very ugly. And secondly, because she was exactly the right height to rest her chin upon Alice's shoulder. And it was uncomfortably sharp. And it was an uncomfortably sharp chin. So it was kind of like short, ugly, pointy-chinned character. And then John uh, Tinnels, who illustrated imagery for one of the first kind of passes of the imagery, um, has been known to maybe have turned to the grotesque old woman as inspiration for this little this little duchess character, which I thought was really, really cool. I mean, that's kind of neat to think that like artists colloquially like 
this was their touchstone for like, what's ugly? Oh, the grotesque old woman. That's what ugly looks like. Okay, like that's my reference. So then it's just been passed down for hundreds of years of like a beauty standard again, which they suck, but they exist. But yeah, so that's my story of, uh, we've named her Gertrude. I quite like her. <laughs> um, or the grotesque old woman, which we'll have pictures on all of our socials. So you can go and admire her cute little face. She looks like she's just, she's ready for a party. The poor love. She just wants to go out. I feel like when I'm like 80 years old, I'm going to look like her. (laughs) Boobs and all. Boobs and all. Crushed by bodice. (laughs) You never know these days. Amazing. Awesome, Sarah. I hope you liked her. Yeah. I've never heard of this before and I feel bad, but I'm also like, she's kind of awesome now, so... That was extremely interesting. Good. I'm glad you like. I thought the medical twist was really cool because I didn't see that coming. You fucking got us. You fucking got us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make them say she's ugly and then I'm going to say it's no. a medical issue. And make them feel like the garbage that they are. <laughs> I'm going to expose like- them once and for all. <laughs> <laughs> We're projecting. Everyone thinks that Jean is so nice. Here it is. I called her a man. I was like, that's a man. <laughs> Although, you know what? I will say, kind of looks like a drag queen, and that's not a bad thing. Yeah. She does, because she has more, like, traditionally masculine yeah. features. Because that's what I thought. When I first clicked on it, I went, oh, my goodness, is this a, is this a drag, like, a yoldy mm-hmm. drag queen? Mm-hmm. Until I started reading. Because um, I was going to be like, man, that is epic if we had, re- uh, like, Renaissance drag queens. For which real. I'm sure, probably... Somewhere they would have been. They're nice. We love it. We do. Alrighty. As promised, here's the yogurt connection. (laughs) Straight to it. I don't know how I got here, but somehow I went through Chernobyl. That's all I remember. (laughs) Wow. But the yogurt connection actually has a lot to do with, I don't know if you remember my Balloon Boy hoax and the kind of setting. It was, yeah, it was like a small town family kind of drama that blew up to like international scales. That's the yogurt connection. So the name itself actually comes from the fact that the people involved were, uh, this was kind of like a nickname given to the situation that the family involved had a Yogo franchise. And I put that in the spoilers channel. Yogo is a type of yogurt that is apparently sold in Australia. I do not think we have it here. Yeah, as a kid, so they were, I'm pretty sure it was Yogo brand, but they were long tubes and the commercial was rip my head off, suck my guts up and then you rip the the bit of the tube and then you just suck up all of the yogurt out of the tube and they were delicious. They were so delicious. We definitely had Yogos in the States, Lindsay. No, no, we had Gogurt. Is that not the same thing? I thought they were the similar thing. No, Yogo own? is a different brand. Yogo has like a gorilla. Uh, <gasps> yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. Are Yogos the one with M&Ms? I put it in the spoilers channel if you want to take oh, a look. Oh, it might be kind of buried now. Um, let me have a look. Let me see. Rip the head off, suck the guts out. That's going to stick with Yogo me. Yogo is sold. I do not remember those Kellogg's. Oh, yeah, so the yogurt with chopped chips, yeah. 
so they come with like a container of yogurt. I still eat these as an adult. They have adult versions. And then a little sub container of stuff that you mix in. So you could get like M&Ms or chocolate chips or berries or whatever. And you like break it off and you flip it in. They are so delicious. It's not even funny. Please <laughs> tell me I can still eat them. Well, what doesn't make any sense to me is that the headquarters of this company are in Melbourne. And this takes place in rural Indiana. Okay. Were they so, trying to branch out? Well, let me put a huge preface on this. This was not only an incredibly interesting article, but every single sentence, somebody flagged it on Wikipedia saying citation needed. So what I'm about to say needs a huge asterisk because <laughs> a lot of it is unfounded. <laughs> it could be bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, the other... so good. What I'm going to focus on is what I was able to verify myself. So most of my research on the topic was off-roading into news articles from the 1980s. So I ended up writing more than half of this article on Wikipedia because I couldn't in good conscience talk about it on the show and not actually give back to society. So I updated the article with those hyperlinks. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Lindsay is the best human in the world. She is. Not after your session, Sarah. My behavior in the last segment. (laughs) (laughs) No, this is karma. You're trying to make up for it. Oh, man. The universe accepts your efforts. (laughs) So to get back to your question, Sarah, like, does it ruin yoga for you or for anybody else? I have no idea because I know that it's called the yogurt connection. And I know that the yogurt bit comes from the family's yoga franchise. But that did not have a citation. So I have no idea how they are connected to Yogo because here's what actually happened. This family was involved in one of the biggest drug rings in American history. <laughs> nice. <laughs> wow. Are they like mafia Italian gangster type drug lords? Not at all. This small Indiana family, just Midwest rural. Well, okay. These guys are from Indianapolis, which is not very rural at all Uh, but it it extends depending on the source there's like 30 to 40 people involved in this ring and at the end of it they ended up moving this was in the 1980s for the time they ended up moving somewhere between 50 to 100 million dollars worth of drugs oh my god yeah please tell me they did it in yogurt they did it selling dr bronner's soap why? I, of all so the cute. things. <laughs> Why isn't it called the soap connection? Well, so it says originally they were selling Dr. Bronner's natural Castile soap. So for anybody who doesn't yeah. know, Dr. Bronner's is a soap brand that is, I think, literally called 18 in one. You should be able to use it for literally fucking anything in your life. And the labels have loads of Bible quotes all over them. Just the whole so thing is a many. trip. Oh, my God. Um, they it's are fascinating to read in the supermarket. Yes. The first time I ever encountered one was in like my dorm, like, public showers at college and I was like where the fuck am I like normal enough for people to bring in the shower (laughs) I heard Uh, that when they first started doing that it was kind of like a well people read things while they're in the shower or on the toilet anyway let's just stick our own agenda on there and people won't notice until they start to read 
Yeah, that really is basically what it is. That's really but smart. Evil. It is. It's insidious. So in 1975, Linda Leary and her two sons, Richard Hilbrun and Paul Hilbrun, organized this drug ring. And back then in the 1970s, they were selling Dr. Bronner's soap through a health food store that they had started up called Hellbrun and Friends. And their friends were a bunch of high schoolers that were friends with the boys who sold marijuana through their connections at school. Okay. (laughs) And apparently somehow, again, I cannot find the citation or, you know, I hope by the time this this episode is published or I hope after this episode is published, people go and contribute to the article and, and add citations. I don't completely understand the connection to the Yogo franchise, especially because it's Australian and these people are in Indianapolis, but you're right. It should have been called the soap connection. So these guys ended up moving about 250,000 pounds of let me get all these of countries. Weed. Of weed. Wow. Um, that's so much. That's like a lot of effort to move because that's, it's not like, it's not light for the amount, like considering how much money they made from it, that's a lot of weed, right? Yes. That, it's a fuck ton like of weed. Like obscene. Yeah. And it's like, like I said, a hundred million dollars in the eighties. That's a lot of money. <laughs> I don't. This is probably wrong to say, but I'm so envious. Wait, did they get did they get in trouble and found out? Because <laughs> if I could pull that shit off, I wouldn't hesitate for a second. Well, so not only this is did... now on recording forever. So if Gene's ever caught as a <laughs> as a drug lord, they play this at his court. <laughs> it's too late. It's le- it's legal in New Jersey. It's not happening. <laughs> well, back then, right? It was it was super super not legal, and they also branched into cocaine a little bit. But I couldn't find the statistics on oh, the amount. Dabbled. They dabbled in cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Their operation lasted twelve years, and the reason Done. they were able to get away with it was because their image was pristine. These were upstanding members of the community who spent their time with the League of Women Voters. They raised fundraisers for a city zoo. They were Aww. one of the, the quotes. The zoo I- was dirty money. Dude, <laughs> they were good people. All the I'm while, convinced. their money their money laundering in the Bahamas and Panama with fake accounts and fake businesses for 12 years. Wow. One of my favorite quotes I found from a news article in the 80s was that, Authorities reported that individuals hired to count money were told not to bother with the $1 bills. That's rich. You know, you're rich when you can put aside your ones and not count them. Those are the error bars, right? Like, who the fuck cares? (laughs) Don't even bother. (laughs) Wow. So they... They were members of tennis clubs, like rubbing elbows with the mayor, um, even funding the mayor with their drug money, all in Indianapolis, all in Indiana. Another quote that I had come across was that the woman, Linda Leary, aided inner city school immunization programs for children and child care centers, particularly in poverty stricken areas. And at the time where I got this quote from, this was during her trial. And the judge said that he found it incredibly ironic that she was also funneling drugs, drugs into the same communities. Yeah. I was going to say like, who, who was the main consumer? The parents of these vulnerable children. (sighs) 
And I'm normally not into drug cases or court cases kind of in general, but what you just said, Sarah, was something that was brought up in court that I actually found really moving because the defense, which was, you know, Linda Leary, was trying to say, oh, she she was innocent. Like, these, it was her sons and she's a loving mother and, like, a loving mother doesn't look at right and wrong when it's her sons. And the judge was like, I am here representing all all of the mothers and fathers of all of the families that you guys affected. Like, so if you want to play that argument, like, fuck you, pretty much. That's a numbers game. Surprisingly, the most interesting aspect of this story I found while I was digging, and it was not in the wiki article at all. So I added this to the wiki article. One of their accomplices, so there were maybe, like I said, about 30 to 40 people, depending on what news article you read and when it was published because this was hot news as it was coming out that's so many people to keep quiet for 15 years and across multiple states because like i said this was also yeah the police did not have it together i'm gonna cut to the end and say they absolutely got jail time and they made it worse i'm gonna tell you that in a second okay (laughs) that's kind of the fallout but i want to talk a little bit about them getting caught and what happened when they got caught. And so the most interesting account I read was a firsthand account from an FBI agent who was in, uh, let me get this right, Michigan. An FBI agent in Michigan was trying to figure out who was involved in this ring because there were so many people. And they got to the point where they had a list of everybody who was involved, but there were three people who had aliases that nobody could figure out. So there were these two women called Tipper and Topper, And there was a man called the Joker and he, this FBI agent made it his mission to figure out who was the Joker because one of the men who was like at the top, like the woman's sons, this was his right hand man was the Joker. And he was operating across state lines. This was the guy who was in uh, Michigan. Oh my so God, this, this sounds like it should be a movie. This FBI agent desperately hunting, hunting down tip top and Joker. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he wrote this article from from his own point of view of what happened. And what was interesting was he had gotten a tip somewhere that somebody might be able to identify the Joker. And so he starts meeting up with this person in coffee shops. And over time, they just have like really casual conversations about like politics and sports. And eventually it turns into drugs. And eventually he wins this guy's trust and he's like, I'm trying to identify the Joker. And the guy identifies him as a man whose last name is Hill. I forgot his first name. Please tell me that the man he was talking to in the coffee shop was the Joker. No, I fucking thought that was exactly where it was going. No. That would have been an excellent plot twist. (laughs) He identified the man as James Hill. And like I said, this drug ring had been going on for 12 years. So this Joker was able to get away with what was going on for about 12 years. And when he figured out who it was, the man was identified as James Hill, still living in Michigan, owned an ice cream shop called the Lovin' Spoonful, just stand-up member of the community, and only had a single minor traffic violation on his record. As soon as the cops showed up, he willingly went with them. He was very cooperative. And because he was so cooperative, his sentence was was shortened. Well, I don't know about shortened, but they gave him an easier time, and he only got 20 years in prison. Okay. James Hill, everyone. but what happened to linda leary and her two sons well when shit started to hit the fan 
They fucking fled to Austria. I was going to say, did they run? (laughs) They ran for it. And what was so funny was I was going through court records and they were like, she never did that. And they were like, so we have it like on file that she full on bought a house in Austria. Like, yes, she did that. (laughs) She never did that. She bought a house and set up a family. (laughs) (laughs) So everybody got convicted. Everybody was found guilty. Everybody got a ton of jail time. Uh, I think it's uh, ruined. I think it is rumored that one of the other people involved, so not the woman or her sons, one of the people involved committed suicide in jail who uh, was, I think, fled to Canada himself. It seems like everybody just scattered uh, just gotta run yeah yeah and i i feel bad because there's really only just a few paragraphs and i'm trying to imagine these like very rural states like michigan and indiana getting totally rocked with one of the biggest drug rings in history and what's crazy is like you don't ever expect that to be happening on the canadian border like people always like hollywood is always like oh drugs and craziness and let's flee to mexico and it's like Oh, There's true, a whole yeah. other border where you can run away. <laughs> it's Canada, right there. Like, crazy... But it's so cold up there. <laughs> Jane, it's so cold. So I just want to leave you with um, a little bit of excitement, a little bit of mystery. A string of unsolved murders are also attributed to the gang, including the 1976 death of Philip Winkler, the son of an Indianapolis oil company executive. None were ever prosecuted. So and does it say that it doesn't say why they are attributed or just we think there's a, a, a connection somewhere? The wiki article points to a source. I don't know if it's it's from I believe it's from People magazine, so I don't even know how much detail it's gonna go into. I really think it's just one of those things where the account itself, despite being huge and, and important, has very little information on it. It's like as sparse as the wiki article and it's it's interesting that even then, yeah, sure enough, I'm looking at People Magazine when I click the link. I don't know how, how reliable that's going to be. <laughs> but it's, um, yeah, and it was very hard to find any updates on this. I mean, the guys, the the um, FBI agent's personal account was in 2017. But other than that, all of the accounts I found were from the 80s themselves. So it's kind of crazy that something that was so big and controversial could just blow over, you know, over just like, a couple decades like it's like and they're probably out of jail by now right if one of like if the main guy only got 20 years you're absolutely right linda leary was released from prison in 1992 and the hellbrun brothers were released in 94 and 2003 wow walking among us and no one cares and no one yeah i hate it i hate it here (laughs) so sarah now that you know the whole story are you gonna keep eating yoga (laughs) like what do you feel (laughs) i feel like that's such a stretch (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna try to figure out where the connection is but i wonder if it's just not a not a connection that is just so bizarre i don't i don't know i will i will do some googling but i highly anyone who can see a yoga recommend they are delicious (laughs) <laughs> if they still exist there's another I, brand called chobani that does like a similar adult version of the flip yeah we, have we do have Chib- oh yeah. they are magic your chobanis are so much better than ours like you That's can get so s'mores good. flavor s'mores 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 so good all right well that's the yogurt connection 
I am so glad I learned that. That is not what I thought it was going to be at all. No. <laughs> that is fascinating. Like literally wiki, like, like first few words, yogurt connection was a drug smuggling ring. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and I love that they were one of the biggest drug smuggling rings with just weed. Like. And a little bit of cocaine. I mean, they. Im- Im- impressive. Yeah, a smidge of cocaine. In the US, it's true. Smidge of cocaine, yeah. I mean, that drives up your value, hey. Oh, From all of the TV shows I've watched, I feel like that's where you earn your money. <laughs> you know, if it wasn't lucrative, people wouldn't do it. Done. Let's talk about soup. I guarantee there's going to be, like, no drugs, no money laundering, no nothing can soup. No, it's wholesome. And I would be, okay, I was going to say I'd be happy to be proven wrong, but give us the wholesome. I mean, there's some good good tidbits in here. Um, it's soup. I. It's... Everyone knows what soup is. I was like, should I do this? Should I not do this? I don't know. But I did it. So. <laughs> were you hungry when you were picking a topic? Uh, I, I'm just going to say, yeah. I don't know. I don't remember. My, <laughs> also- I've never spent so long on a goddamn topic before. Like, soup of okay. all things. Ugh, I didn't know where to start, where to stop. So I'm just going to jump right in with some random facts, if that's okay. Yeah, all of right. course. All right. Soup. Did you know... That there's evidence of soup going back all the way to 20,000 BC. What? Holy crap. If you're going to say 2,000, yeah. 20,000. 20,000. Based on ancient pottery found in Chinese caverns of all places. And that's amazing. On top of that, like, what would you do if you didn't have pottery? Like, if, if your tribe or whatever didn't invent pottery yet. You would use animal hides and watertight baskets made out of plant materials as vessels. And then you would put that on hot rocks and it would heat up the water inside, maybe even boil it That's and make amazing. you soup. <laughs> we, we also covered um, a civilization in, I think it was South America, where they used like, what are they called? Gourds? Like big yeah. pumpkins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hollow gourds. them out, use them as their storage containers or Absolutely. bowls or whatever. I have one in my that garage. Would be a- Oh my god, that would be an excellent soup vessel because you'd get all of the nice pumpkin-y flesh in there. Ooh, oh yeah, like oh, like like a like hungry. when they give you soup in a bread bowl. Holy shit, I didn't oh. I didn't research that, but that's so soup good. Soup or like chowder in a bread bowl that you can get from Disneyland. Absolutely, I'm gone. <laughs> We're all that's gone. how I would like to die. Thank you. Only in Disneyland, folks. Oh, Disneyland <laughs> is a magical, place. chaotic place. Anyway. That is chaotic, chaotic good right there. Um, did you know that the word soup comes from the French word soup, which means soup? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't. (laughs) But let's take a deeper dive. To be fair, by the way, it's soup with an E on the end of it. (laughs) Sorry. That's becoming a poster. Did you know the word soup came from the word French got their word soup from the vulgar Latin word suppa, which means bread soaked in broth. It's very interesting. Also, vulgar Latin, if you don't know what vulgar Latin is, it's basically like slang Latin, like, which is a thing. Amazing. Which I didn't know either. I would have speak, spoken the, the vulgar Latin back in the day. Hell yeah, vulgar Latin. That would have been the language of <laughs> Did you know soup came from the words? <laughs> Uh, if anyone 
would like that custom-made poster that will be going up in the Patreon when this episode is released. Oh, okay. Here's another interesting little story. We can partially thank Soup for the word restaurant. Why? Oh. Because it was first used in early 16th century when a highly concentrated and cheap, cheap soup was sold by a street vendor in France who advertised it as a restorative antidote for physical exhaustion. It is therefore likely that the 16th century word restaurant, as I assume a French person would say, originally meant restorative beverage. And soon after that, it, was, it definitely meant that which restores strength, a fortifying food or remedy. So today... Wow. Yeah, wow. cool. So today, restaurant is derived from the 19th century French word, which evolved from all that, restauror, which means both to restore and to dine or eat. Wow, I That's love amazing. that. So cool. So I was like, we should start with some fun facts before we jump into what is soup. <laughs> they were incredible facts. You Great. can pick which one was my favorite. Uh, oh, yeah. Same. I thought that Same. was going to be the whole segment. I was also cracking up because you were like, I've never written so many pages. And I'm like, did you put one word <laughs> per line? <laughs> Did no, no, there, there, there's much more. We're not done. It's all good. Okay. Oh my god. So, on a more serious note, I'll try. Oh, to keep just it one light. really big page. Soup <laughs> comes from soup, which comes, which means soup. Ah, so soup is primarily categorized as a liquid food. I don't know if, like, I guess oh, that yeah. that makes sense, but I'm like, well, but it's chunky too. But no, it's and, a chunky. It's a chunky liquid. Yeah. If you've got a good soup, you've got. Okay, this actually gets interesting. So I'm excited that you're like, it's chunky. Okay. So this is because in soups, it's the liquid that's the main deliverer of the ingredients in the pot or bowl. Uh-huh. uh-huh. It's the nutrient broth. That's right. That you're making. But we don't want to confuse soups for stews. And do you want to guess why? And this isn't <gasps> one of those I... things where it's like all stews are soups, but not all soups. Are... Wait, did I just say the same? Whatever. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, what is the difference with a stew? I thought a stew had meat in it. Well, no, a stew can be a veggie stew. But, like, okay. in a stew, you put in just enough liquid to cover the ingredients and, like, slow simmer it. And then it goes through a reduction process where the, the liquids kind of, like, evaporate and thicken. And you end up with a hearty, chunky, and primarily solid food. So stews oh. are solid oh. food and soups are liquid food. That is helpful right. to know. That should have I mean, been in my human food. orientation. Welcome to Earth. Here's the difference between a stew and a soup. That's right. <laughs> Please do not get them confused. Yeah, so soups are usually made with meats and veggies, but mm -hmm. the thing that makes them soups is that they're surrounded by plentiful broths or they're incorporated into broth. It's it's a liquid. It's a liquid, no matter. Yeah. Even if you got chunkies you in it. Spoon. That's right. You um, definitely need a spoon. Well, I mean, you can sip. There's You can sip from a cup. You can sip it. That's yeah. true. Soup is wonderful. Generally served hot, but can be served cold as well. And here's something interesting. Oh, we're going to get into that. I mean, not really, but I'll mention it. <laughs> Specifically, hot soups are made by boiling various salt ingredients to extract their flavors into the surrounding liquid, obviously, forming a tasting broth or stock. Do we know what the difference between a broth and a stock is? Not at all. No, no oh, idea. Oh my goodness, we are learning so much today. Broth... <laughs> is made from meat or veggies and is often seasoned. A stock, however, is primarily animal parts and mostly bone. Well, yeah, that's yeah. gross. We're, we're the vi vegetarian in me just recoiled a bit. Yeah, yeah, same. I but had a housemate once that the, uh, sharing houses is, is a chaotic journey, but I think everyone should do it at least once. But one of our housemates would put animal bones, like from 
chicken or lamb or whatever on the pot in a thing of water and let it boil for hours. They were making stock. To, tr- to try and make stock, but they would let it boil so long the water evaporated and it was just a charred bone left in there. Oh, well, that oh, no. sounds like a fuck up. <laughs> I don't know what it was, <laughs> I don't think that, that was happened on, on multiple occurrences. <laughs> That's disgusting (laughs) and not on purpose. (laughs) But let's jump into the classifications of soup. And there are two, according to the French anyway, classic French cuisine. I don't know. I'm sure there's more, but the French think they own everything with food. So yeah, exactly. So there's clear soups and thick soups. (laughs) Are you French? Are you of French descent? Have I offended your people? She's not, Italian. Not in the slightest, but it's like, I just feel like I keep falling on French items. And so oh, I yeah, just you're right. Being, you're right. You were I meant actually, to be French. I was, I was writing so much about French stuff in this uh, outline of soup where I was like, Lindsay's going to be like on me about it. Because I know. I know. It's okay. I don't, the French I don't want to be... Th- I don't want to be this way. <laughs> I like, be this way. <laughs> no offense to France, but like I don't care. Like I don't like I just keep oh. accidentally caring. We we alienated some Ashleys and some uh Giannas <laughs> and now an entire country. Wonderful. If you're a French Ashley, I want nothing to do with you. <laughs> so uh clear soups. Let's focus on clear soups for a second. Mm-hmm. We got bouillons and consommes. Do we know what those are? I know bullion no. cubes. Okay, that I mean that's that's something. Okay, so at, in the spoilers chat, I posted for our friends to look at that little bowl of dark liquid with the leaf in it. Yeah. And Geist and uh, Kick Mastermind had some guesses. They they were they got kind of close. It, it was definitely a type of soup. They thought it was tea soup, which makes sense considering it looks like tea. But it's it's not tea soup. That is consomme. But let's do bouillon Ooh. first. Okay. Bouillon is a simple savory broth or stock made from boiling fish, meat, or veggies in water for a short period of time. That's it. You can season it as well to give it some flavor, but that's it. It's just like a base for a soup. You can drink it on your own, like without anything, as a warm and comforting treat during a nice cold day. But usually it's used as a base for more complex soups. So you would throw like, you know, chicken if you're into meat or like veggies in there and make like a nice hearty soup for yourself. Consommes are pretty cool in the sense that they're dark, as you can see there. It's a very nice dark amber. They're richly f- flavored. Broths and stocks, again, that have been meticulously clarified, which means filtered, traditionally using egg whites to re- remove virtually all fat and sediment from the broth or stock. Which I was reading, I was like, that's gross. Also, isn't there a better way to filter other than using egg whites? But here's why. Whipped egg whites coagulate during the heating process and efficiently bond to fats and sediments, which can then be easily skimmed off the surface, creating a very translucent soup. And the thing about... Very cool. And the thing about consommes is like... These were basically all the rage until the 1980s with high society. It was like the fancy soup. You would order and be like, ah, oh, this is a delicious consomme. Like, deli- I can taste, this is like I the, can taste the, the beef. Aspect jelly that was so popular in the, in the 50s. This was like the next step from a clear jelly to a clear soup. Yeah. I don't understand rich people. I want color. I mean, it it kind of makes sense. I I mean, I don't eat anything with animal anymore, but it makes sense. Like, it's basically the pure essence of, like... The essence of the animal. (laughs) That you're drinking in a liquid form. Yeah. No. But it fell out of favor after the 1980s because chefs started to experiment with fusion cuisine and, like, they offered new exciting options and kind of rich people were over it. Yeah. I bet you the people in the yogurt connection ring used their drug money to buy (laughs) consoles. 
<laughs> oh, for sure. Because you were just Look like, oh, us. it was there t- till the 80s. Yeah. We're rich and fancy. We're perfect. Oh, uh, rich soup. Apparently, it's like hard to find consommes on menus now, but like it was always like really? you could get them all over the place back then. Yeah. I wonder what they tasted like. Probably flavors. Uh, like beef or chicken or whatever it is. But I mean, that, in theory, that seems disgusting to me. I mean, I, I don't know. You, yeah, but we're all vegetarian weirdos over here. True. Yeah. Anyway, let's jump into thick soups. Nobody cares what? Into thick soups? Thick soups. That's right. Sorry, I keep, <laughs> I keep looking back behind me because my cats are driving me insane. Anyway, thick <laughs> soups. That's the, that's the second clarification. We, we, went, we just went over our clear soups, the bouillons and consommes. And now we have our thick soups. And it's now, not, I'm, it, a, I'm a thick soup girl. I know this already. I absolutely agree. So thick soups are simply variations of non-clear soups that all use different thickening agents and often incorporate light broths or stocks to add richer flavor to the mixture. Um, some examples are like puree soups, which is just like a simple vegetable soup thickened with starch. Mm. An example would be of that would be tomato soup, let's say. Mm. And everyone loves tomato. Well, I don't want to say everyone, but most people love tomato soup. It's a nice... I feel like everyone loves tomato yeah, soup. Yeah, it's nice and simple. It's excellent. Then you have bisques, which are obviously also mm-hmm. thick, nice and thick. Very heavily seasoned, nice usually thick. made with shellfish and veggies, thickened with cream. Can you please stop? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Cats, I swear. <laughs> it's like they're doing it on purpose. <laughs> Also parting the curtain. <laughs> it's he's doing it on purpose, I swear. Oh, you're such a cat dad. Ugh. Like you've got teacher slash dad um <laughs> energy at the moment trying oh, to deal with the kitties. I love that. I'll take it. <laughs> I love that. I love that for you. So um an example of a bisque would be like lobster bisque. I've never had it, but apparently it's good. Um I've had mushroom I've bisques. I've had it, can confirm it's good. And then you have your cream soups, which use cream half and half and milk as the key ingredient. And then you thicken it. You can thicken it up with like a roux. Do you know what a roux is? Yes. Yeah, like a fat and flour mixture that you like blend and then like do on the bottom of the pan. You yeah. Get up all the flavors. You know. Yeah. 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 Uh, so an example of that is like love a good roux. Hell yeah! Cream of mushroom soup is like a cream soup. Yeah. And then you got I like love cream of mushroom. More thickening agents for thicker soups like rice, lentils, flour, grains, pumpkin, carrots, pig's feet. Mm. <laughs> And and bird's nest, if you know what that is. So then we get into commercial products. So soup has been popular, as as I have said, since like at least 20,000 BC. But the invention of canning in the 19th century made it, made soup super popular. And you see what I did there? We, uh, <laughs> I did see what did I did. Did you see it? <laughs> um, I loved the canning revolution. So much happened. Yeah, it's cool. It's very cool. Um, so we got two basic forms of canned soup, condensed and ready to eat. I'm sure you know the difference, but let's quickly go over it. Condensed soup is concentrated. It needs another can of water to mix, which doubles its volume. But it's nice because we don't like waste and we don't like garbage. So you can actually make condensed soup in smaller cans, which is which is good. Yeah, this is like Campbell's. Absolutely, it's like Campbell's. tomato. Oh, yep. delicious. It, it really is. <laughs> It um, really is. It's perfect for everything, like bolognese. So good. And then you have ready I'm to very eat. Very hungry. I told you. I warned you. <laughs> you were warned. Um, so then you have ready to eat soups, which just need to be poured out and heated up. Um, recent microwavable plastic cans have been made uh, readily available. 
for ready-to-eat soup, which made it even more popular and convenient. However, as we talked in previous episodes, plastic sucks, and I don't I don't know how recyclable those are because like if I'm pretty sure if plastic is like covered in like residual oils and shit, it's a lot harder to recycle, and they usually just toss it. Yeah, like so that's I'm not sure good. If your recycles yeah. aren't clean, they throw them away. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And then also the whole canned soup mania thing happened, but then people were like, this is really bad for you. It's like packed with high levels of sodium and that's not good for you. So manufacturers were like, that's cool. We'll make reduced sodium versions in response to the negative feedback. But I don't know about you. If you've ever had reduced sodium soup from a can, it's fucking gross. It's not. You can taste the can more. I have to to put salt in it, (laughs) which defeats the purpose. Like completely. But yeah, since you mentioned Campbell's, today's Campbell's tomato, cream of mushroom, and chicken noodle soup are the three most popular soups in America. In fact, Americans consume approximately two and a half billion bowls of these three soups each year. Billion with a B. (laughs) Those three soups alone, two and a half billion bowls. Holy shit. And just Americans. That's like an appreciable fraction of the world's population all having soup in one day. Yeah, and Campbell's. Not even like Progresso. Or, is it Progresso? Yeah. It's yeah, like Progre- fucking wow, Campbell's. Yeah. I didn't even realize, yeah, specific to Campbell's. Holy shit. Like the cheapest of like the whatever soups. The dollar, the dollar soups. Yeah, good for Campbell's though. There we are. Soups in a, I don't know how long that segment was. Too long probably, sorry. <laughs> And now we know a whole bunch of different soups to go try because I've had I've had coconut milk sitting in my cabinet and had no idea what to do with it. Now I have several ideas. Dude, <laughs> soup. I'm not kidding. Soup, coconut milk and soup is amazing. Phenomenal. That's soup is basically do. just amazing in general. The juice is flowing. If anyone would like this very special soups for when you don't know what to eat poster, courtesy of Jean's brain. It will be available on the Patreon. The soups are flowing. The soups are flowing. (laughs) The soups, the brain uh, soups are flowing. I don't know about you, but I'm fucking hungry right now. Yeah, I was going to say, on that note, I reckon we wrap up so we can go eat. (laughs) I am a hungry girl. Everybody, if you're still here and you haven't run to the kitchen, thank you so much for hanging out with us. And an extremely extra special thank you to... Cake Mastermind, thank you so much for being our newest patron. Uh, if you guys want to hang out with us more, go ahead and uh, hang out on Go Ask Alice Pod if Twitter still exists and there's a link tree to everywhere else. Our Discord <laughs> is always open. And um, yeah, we love Cake Mastermind. We love Cake Mastermind. We love Cake Mastermind. And we also Bye. I have to pee really bad. Me too. Me too. Oh, okay. Too much Jinx. water. <laughs>